Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's up, guys? We are here from Synced Live. I cannot wait to come to you today. We're going to have a bunch of great guest interviews, and we're starting the day off with Miss Angelique from... Open Envelope Studio in okay. Austin, Texas. Awesome. Austin, you made a you made a pretty good trip then. I did. It was quite a trip. My husband and I left the freezing Austin temperatures from the ice storm and came to another cold place. Yeah, no, right. It didn't get much better. At least uh, there's it, power. I think it is supposed to warm. At least there's power, yeah. yeah. So you were in Austin. Did Austin get like the direct hit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was ice everywhere. Really? Uh-huh. And How did, so was it like trouble getting to the airport, or was it already over with? Uh, it was over with by then, but all of the branches had knocked out power. Really? And so lights were out. and Y'all just had one of those, like, what, three years ago? Like, didn't y'all just have an ice storm? year. Really? In the past three years, There's we been one. had some terrible ice storm that we are not prepared for. Because yeah. we're used to it being very hot. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Well, yeah. so I guess... Tell us a little bit about what you do, what business you're in, and, and then let's kind of go from there and just hear a little bit about um, what you have going on, and then let's talk to the listeners about some things that they can learn and take away from today's show. Okay. Well, so I'm Angelica Norton, and I am co-owners and principal designer of Open Envelope Studio. Uh, my husband is, he designs with me. Um, my background is in landscape architecture, and his is in architecture. So okay. we kind of come at it in slightly different perspectives but enough that the overlap really helps us think about like the built environment Mm -hmm. um we started our company in 2011 Uh, we were working for a design build firm um a colleague of ours uh in grad school started it and it was kind of right when the economy was collapsing that we started (laughs) working for him and then after kind of seeing his aesthetic and like what was working for business, working for communicating with clients, and what didn't, uh, we decided we wanted to go on our own because we had our own aesthetic, a modern mm. aesthetic. And uh, so, yeah, in 2011, we started our company. Uh, one week after getting the DBA, I realized I was pregnant again. And oh, wow. so starting a company and also thinking how important it is to be able to make money and support the family yeah. is you know, like a fun little, I wouldn't say a curveball, just a challenge. Um, and we are so integrated with the build side of things that I had to bring a toddler along sometimes mm. when we were starting out. And it was really just the three of us at first, um, just designing. And we had a project manager um, and just trying to grow the business from a very small seed. Uh, and so I ended up doing any kind of like social media and building the website and onboarding clients and at the same time designing weekly we do presentations for three rounds of design Um, one of the three we try to land it every week so it's a very fast-paced design process yeah so you're getting them you're cranking them out then we are but we have like this really 
perfect system where my husband and I like design over each other's shoulders. And so he designs in SketchUp, so the 3D model, and then mm -hmm. I kind of turn that into any 2D plans and plant palettes and that sort of thing. Um, so we can produce pretty quickly. Yeah. And that in turn makes it easier to make decisions about what the design should be because it just it happens quickly. We mm -hmm. just need to make the right decision and see what works. Do you norm so how did you get started in landscape architecture? I mean that I mean, what made mm. you get started in that? That's a it's a very niche thing to get into. Yeah, it is. My undergrad is in creative writing. So yeah, like so not that. Like not that. Um, yeah, it was like in performance poetry was really what I was focusing on. So you write poems a lot. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Can you still? Do, is that something you like lose talent for? Or like, is that something yeah. you always think you can do? That's that's a, that's a cool talent. Like people, like in school in our English class, we had like assignments write a poem or something. Like I cannot do that. That, <laughs> I, that is my. That is the last thing that I'm good at. Well, I came from a high school that was um, a magnet school for humanities, and so my group of friends that I still have to this day. Uh, we write poems together or perform mm -hmm. them, but it's been years and years. And I think that any kind of creative endeavor, there's overlap. You're getting something emotionally from either designing or in my case, I'm also a sewist. So I'll quilt and oh, make wow. clothes. And um, my husband also plays music. So there's just, it all kind of informs. Yeah. It, it might not be obvious when you lay all those things out, but it is, it is nourishes you in some way so that you have room to kind of do something that feels more like work mm -hmm. even though it is art to yeah. some extent this is going to sound like a weird question do you think you can grow your create like grow a creative side if you're not or do you think you're like born with it because it there's it, a little bit of both because cre creativity is something that really blows my mind like i'm not a very creative person like i can't just like I, I cannot be a landscape architect. I can't envision things before mm -hmm. they happen. That's mm -hmm. just not me. I can't. I can't write a poem per se. I can't. I can't put those rhyming words together. I, that's just not something that I'm good at. It's not like. So do you think? And I know a lot of people out there are like that. But I know there's a lot of people that would like to bring their landscape architects in house. Like they would mm -hmm. like to do that themselves or something. So is there any, not architecture specifically, but just the creative side of your brain or your life? Like, is there something that you think you've how have you grown that, or is that something you were blessed, just born with? Well, I mean, you have to be open to it. I think some people get nervous about saying, I'm creative. Mm -hmm. They kind of feel apolo apologetic about it or, or nervous to share that vulnerability. I, my mother is an artist, and my dad is a carpenter. Oh, wow. Um, and so building things yeah. and, you know, just creating. Kind of creating. I mean, that, that's like, what it comes back to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my first name is Angelica, which is a plant. My middle name is Rose, which is a plant. I think everything about my life led me here. Yeah, and yeah. so I just kind of had to ride that wave of wherever it, you know, landed me. Um, but I, I think it's being able to be vulnerable and listen to what the thing wants to be. It's almost like a, a seance. You're, you're listening to mm -hmm. this, uh, this yard and tell you what it wants to be. And you're listening to the client, the actual human users, about how they want to use a space, but I, I do think that there is something visual about it because I, when I'm placing plants, I'm still doing some design because I am standing there with the plant and I imagine it in its mature size. I mm -hmm. imagine what this all will be, even though there might be in like a five gallon pot. What is this going to look like when it's mature? Which is what makes a good designer. Cause like, I, yeah, that's the, hard for people. Yeah, the people that can't envision that down the road will pack so many plants in a small space because totally. they're like, 
Oh, this well, is the, what they see. Yeah, it's yeah. this size right now, and yeah. so I'm going to place it for this size right now. And I feel like that is, I mean, I don't want to say short-sighted. I just think that it is uh, yeah. a talent people need to work on, and that only comes from like seeing it out in nature, seeing mm. it, uh, seeing uh, projects as they evolve, and absorbing that information. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't think it's very common, and I feel like I try and teach it to mm-hmm. people on my. Uh, my staff where I'm like, all right, do you see how if this were placed here, it would kind of interfere with that one? And um, also talking to clients to help them understand it might not look full right now, but plants grow exactly. and they change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not going to be an overnight process. It's going right. to take time. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. On the, we're going to circle back to creativity because yeah. there's another route that I want to go there. But continue with the story. You said it was the three of you in the beginning oh, yeah. uh, designing, and, and then just, how have you grown since then? Well, we took on more people on the build side, and once we started getting more and more designs, I mean, our first, our very first project was my husband's cousin's fence and Mm -hmm. it was just the two of them building it and I was writing blog posts of like every step of the way just to kind of fill space on the website to kind of teach people what this was like Mm -hmm. and um, through really simple social media posts I just tried to encourage people to engage with us and if they're doing research on like how to build a fence our blog post will come up. And so then they know that's what we do. And so projects started out pretty small and like one-off build, uh, you know, like a planter or whatever, a deck. And we have a really high attention to detail. We like really care about how this looks. And so it isn't necessarily (laughs) a moneymaker to make sure something looks perfect, but homeowners appreciated Mm. how much we cared about it and how much we are willing to lose money (laughs) if it meant that this looked like what we thought it would look like. And so it just kind of grew from there. We hired more people. Um, My husband didn't have to be on the build side of things. He could come in and design more. And then I started going on consultations by myself. It was both of us together kind of selling what Open Envelope Studio is. Um, But then we kind of figured out what we liked to do. I like going on consultations and getting people excited and hearing what they want to do in their yard and kind of pull out the information that isn't really obvious to them about what to think about. And um, so that kind of fell on me, but Matt really loves to talk to the build team and make sure they understand how something could be built and just making sure all the details are available in the drawing set. And so we just kind of like took on the things we liked and told someone else to do the things we didn't like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the key to delegation. Yes. I mean, but and the thing I always say about that is you got to you want to give people the things you don't want, but you got to make sure they like them. Yes. <laughs> you, can't, you can't give them the things that they don't like either. Right. <laughs> and it's just not going to be done the right way. Right. And make sure and they're, they're doing it well. Yeah. And not just saying, "Hey, you need to do this because I say." Because yeah. that's not I don't know. That's not the like environment. I wanted to create. I no. had worked in a couple places before where I just, I was stressed out or there was drama or whatever it might be. And I thought, well, what do I want to create mm-hmm. in a, uh, a work environment? I want to be able to have my kids come in at any time if they're, you know, off from school at three. I want them to be able to come in the office and I can keep working. I don't want it to feel like I'm, uh, uh, I own a business first 
and I'm a mom second. Mm. It is all of the things together. And so I try to do that for my employees too, where I'm like, hey, if your kid's homesick, just send yeah. them to the office and they can be in the conference room while we keep working. Yeah. Um, Creating, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a cool family business. So how many team members are you up to now? I want to say we're at like 10 right now. Okay. Um, it's been bigger and it's been smaller. Uh, we had a build side of things, um, but we decided to move exclusively to subs. So we have project managers who um, actually hire old employees who we encourage to start their own uh, business. So mm -hmm. they know how we want things built and then we can kind of keep the relationship that we've established. Um, but so uh, 10 in-house employees. Okay. So the you are you do all the design mm -hmm. and you sub out the actual building. Right. Y'all used to do the actual building though? Right. Oh, okay. For, for the most part. I mean, like mostly welding, plant installation, gravels, uh, decks, pergolas, you know, trellises, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so it's not what you would imagine that, I mean, it's a very modern aesthetic. So there are unique built mm -hmm. objects in the space, outdoor kitchens, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, that's, there's so many there's so many ways that we could go because you're running a business, you're married, mm -hmm. you're a parent. Mm -hmm. How many kids do you have? Two. Okay, two kids. And so on our show, we talk about a lot, me and my wife talk about, we have a show on Mondays where we talk about running a business and being married together mm -hmm. and the challenges that, that brings because you never really, you have to, you have to know how to turn the business off. You have mm -hmm. to learn how to be married, mm -hmm. uh, and you never really, even if your spouse doesn't work in the business, they bring it home every day. Like, sure. And so, what are some challenges that, we'll talk really quickly on this, but I want to circle around with you and maybe do an interview with you and your husband. Oh, yeah. And talk about that that whole side of things, but what are some things that you've learned in the in the years of being married and owning a business? You said 2011 is when y'all started? Mm-hmm. So, 10, no, 12, 13 years? We're, we're 12 years? 11 years. The, it'll be 12 this Bitter December. 12 this yeah. year. Okay. So like 12 years, you've got a lot of, you got a lot of designs in your belt. You've uh -huh. got a lot of money made, a lot of money lost. Uh -huh. I mean, that you said you, you made the, those sacrifices in the beginning to keep your clients happy. Yeah. How did that, I mean, what did that do to your marriage? What did that look like? Well, we love therapy. And really? when we first started dating, we almost immediately did couples counseling just really? to learn how to communicate. I mm. mean, we met when we were 20. Yeah. So, and I'm 42 right now. So this was something that, I mean, more than my half my life I've been with Matt. Mm -hmm. And so we were in grad school together. So he was in architecture. When I um, graduated from undergrad, I was like, well, now what am I going to do? And the University of Texas had a new program, uh, Master of Landscape Architecture, and I was in the second graduating class. And so we were literally in the same building on campus, and we kind of learn to work together. We yeah. even took a couple studios together. There was a pocket parks class. And that was the first time we had to use our relationship uh, knowledge to design together. Yeah. Where I'd have to say, all right, Matt, you've got to give me space to talk. I know you've got a lot of ideas. Um, and so being able to communicate was incredibly important. Uh, but as the business grew, it's almost like when we're interacting with clients, it's like a double date. So we've got to make sure that it's a good fit yeah. for, for us for with the client yeah. and um, to make sure that the clients have a good enough relationship that they're communicating with each other about what they want. Cause yeah, if you can have one spouse saying one thing and the yes. other saying the other. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, y'all need to decide yeah. how you feel about this <laughs> and I can help you weigh the pros and cons, but I can't make this decision for you. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, communication and also we like being around each other mm -hmm. and we spend a lot of time together and then setting boundaries. When I go home, I don't want to talk about work. Mm -hmm. And I think Matt kind of needs to process things a little bit more and I have to be like, nope, this is stressing me out. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it till we get back to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So working yeah. together, you just got to cool. like them. Yeah. There's a lot of things I want to unravel from that. So we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. If, if y'all are interested in that episode, come back down the road and we'll, and we'll jump into that some more. So let's talk about, you said y'all lost some money in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Is that something you don't mind sharing about? I mean. Oh, sure. What, what did that look like? Were you just, were your prices not right? Did you underestimate, overestimate? Well, I mean, what was that process? Yeah. And I think some of it is just thinking it should take this long. Mm -hmm. And then when you're actually building it, you're like, oh, that was so much harder than I And when I you're new, you're figuring out. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of it. And being in a custom realm, everything is new. Yeah. You can't say, hey, it takes this long to build a deck because this deck is different than that different, deck. Yeah. There's like different constraints. There's slope. There's, you know... Uh, the engineer says it should be built a different way. So uh, what do we call those? Um, like project, no, uh, portfolio pieces. Mm -hmm. We call them, you know, we might be losing money on it, but it looks great. Yeah. And, so it and gives it's one it, of those you say, hey, look what we've done. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of being honest with clients that, like, we have, you know, if they say a budget is really high on something, we'll say, like, listen, we have done this before, and I know it takes this long. We have been seeing what those prices look like on the back end once we've tracked our expenses and it just takes this long to build this thing. All mm -hmm. the things on our website that you're wanting to see in your own yard, it just takes this long. Yeah. I mean, we can build it cheaper, but I don't want to because then someone is going to come back to me in a year or two years and say like, hey, this failed or like I have to restain this cedar deck. We just won't even do cedar decks anymore. We want to use materials that are going to last because maintenance calls are not fun. Yeah. Sustainability. Uh -huh. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That, and it, there's you've heard the saying there's you can get it good, fast or cheap. Yeah. But you can't have all three. No. You only have two of those. I think we usually end up with good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the second one, it's, it's hard to get because, yeah. you know, it, it's expensive and these things are beautiful and there's just only so much you can do to cover every square foot. Yeah. Like sometimes, uh, like on my intake form on my website, I have a budget question because I want to know. You have I to vet have, that in the beginning. I have yeah. to vet it and I want to have that communication. I don't want someone to kind of hold those cards close to their chest because I don't want them to hire me if they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. I don't want that disappointing conversation of, oh, I'm sorry, here's the design, but you're never going to get this yard. Yeah. Do um, y'all do? Do y'all do free consults? I charge a consultation fee. I love it. I. I, I doesn't. I doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. I, what is your? Did you have you always done that, or is no. it something y'all grew into? I think around year five or six or something, I was just getting so many consultation requests that maybe weren't even the best fit. Yeah. And, and you like, probably weren't landing half of those because their budget was not what it needed to be. Exactly. And so if our consultation fee scares someone off, then you the know. The budget yeah. is also going to scare them off. And that's I don't right. I don't mean for it to be like callous. I just No, that's it's just the way it is. Things cost money. Yeah. You know, and it we're in the service industry, but I want to make sure we're a good fit. Yeah. I want to make sure that we are building the thing they want us to build and helping them understand yeah. what things cost. Well, you're setting yourself apart as a top-tier design company mm -hmm. like that. I mean, run-of-the-mill people aren't going to come to you. Like that's no. what you want. So what, what size projects are y'all looking for? We end up doing a lot of, I would say, small scale. So in Austin, uh, the price of 
real estate is incredibly high. Really? And when they are, um, like if a developer is building a house or even an architect, they max out the impervious coverage on the house. And so what's left over are these small outdoor spaces Mm. and homeowners want to be able to use those space. So a lot of times it's just kind of nestling in interesting outdoor spaces, outdoor living spaces in these yards. Um, So I would say a lot of those... But, you know, we have some, like, larger projects that we are able to fit in more planting mm-hmm. because they, they want, like, the, their deck or whatnot. But we want to squeeze in these fingers of vegetation to soften it all, that it's not just about stacking on more living spaces that are just like the house. We want to send people outside, give them a reason to go out there. And so I would say, you know, it's, it's small yards sometimes but mostly it's these full-scale high-end houses you know sometimes i'll have a slope from zero to 75 feet and we've got to try to level you can't level everything and so just kind of making decisions about it makes sense to have a living space here and here and we're connecting thinking about circulation and also thinking about those special moments of where they are sitting at their deck Mm -hmm. um is it dramatic does it make it want them make them want to go up to these other spaces in the yard. Do y'all do any water features? We do. My build team hates it when I spend Really? <laughs> yes, we had a really beautiful and But they're insane one. when they're done, though. We I had mean, one insane. that was a fire feature bench fountain. and Never heard of that before. It It's beautiful. It was so hard to build. Really? And it was poured in place concrete mm-hmm. and, like, squeezing in, you know, all of these fountain elements but also the gas fire feature. Um, but, yeah, my guys are like, please stop. <laughs> so do you – so do you, when you all create a, a design, are you pricing – like, how are you pricing that for the customer? Are you mm-hmm. saying – like, you charge your price to design, obviously, and mm-hmm. then you're – are you, like, giving them the quote for the plant material? Or, like, do you work with builders specifically? Like, what does that look like? What you need? You need a, Here, use one of these. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. So I guess a simplified way of explaining it is... I'm sorry, I got... Yeah, I totally just stopped mid-question. No, that's all right. (laughs) Uh, I think that it's thinking about our whole process. Mm -hmm. Uh, So round one is schematic design. Are we on the right track? Do they even like it? What feedback do they have? And that's not thinking about budget. It's just thinking about all of the things that they have requested. Mm -hmm. Round two is design development, and that has a pricing exercise. So, like, we have feelings about how much things cost, but honestly, it's pre-pandemic feelings. We haven't, like, our gut check has not come to current price. And I, I say that, and I also try and set expectations that it's going to be above their budget in round Mm -hmm. two because it's everything. But if we make the decision to cut the outdoor kitchen, for instance, to reduce, get closer to the budget, nine times out of 10, a client is going to say, oh, but I wanted to know how much that cost. Mm. So as long as I say, hey, it's going to be expensive, but I am your advocate and I'm going to help you decide what can be removed and it still have the same spirit, the same aesthetic, the same programming. And then round three, we have like a firmer budget and we have the whatever we have value engineered out. And then we go through construction documents. And once we have construction documents, that's when we can get firm bids from subs. And mm. so I'll update the estimate one more time. And that might mean a few cuts. It might mean phasing it. 
whatever it might be, and then we move on to the build. So you use subs. So you are the you are the GC, contractor. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I was. Okay, that's what I didn't know. So okay, so you are the GC. So yes. you have to have a general contractor contractor's license not in, in Austin. Texas. Wow. That's insane. That's, that's yeah. right. You're blessed. <laughs> yes. That's why everybody's moving to Texas, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. It's, got- I think it's really helpful to be the one in charge mm-hmm. because a lot of landscape architects, they kind of hand it off to the yeah, GC. Yeah. That's what I was curious about. Yeah. And it's called construction administration mm-hmm. when the GC needs the landscape architect or landscape designer to kind of answer questions. Yeah. But because we're so intrinsically tied, I can say, hey, you know what? I need this was a surprise on site. Let's make this change. And it's a thoughtful change instead of what we call, and please forgive me, all the people listening, but we call them contractor specials, mm-hmm. where it is just on the fly, yeah. weird decisions. And it's just because they don't have a design background. They're just trying to like solve very functionally this problem that has come up. Yeah. But like a design build, everything is integrated, everybody communicates. And I get to have an opinion about everything, which I really enjoy. Yeah. No, I love it. That This is insane value that I think you've brought today. I love the it, – it's just different. We've never had anybody on like this, just the, the architecture side, the um, the GC side. That's mm-hmm. a really cool thing for me. It's it's a lot of – Is that, have you had to learn? Like, there's a lot of moving parts to a project. Like, how many do y'all bring on – how many do you do at a time? Um, maybe two or three. But okay, we're so you don't, like, like over – but they're pretty big projects. They're complex, yeah. yeah. You do you do small you do small amounts but big size. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, a project probably at a minimum would take two months and oh, wow. kind of on average like four or five or six. Oh, so you're only doing like a few projects a year then. Right. Wow. Right, okay. Right. So like what? Like ten, twelve, fifteen? I mean. Yeah, we might get like fifteen. I I kind of keep track of the built projects mm-hmm. and. I think we hit 150 built projects in our 11 years. Wow. That is Some of them are, like, coming back for other yeah, phases, yeah, yeah. so, like, you I don't in quite count it the same. That's insane. Yeah, so just, like, really high-end. Yeah. It's a design It's just a niche. It is. Like, it's, it's insane. It, it is unusual, but not that unusual for Austin. Yeah. Because I feel like they you have appreciate a lot of competitors? design. Yeah, and a lot of them are from my grad school program. Really? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of, like, recommendations. If, mm-hmm. hey, if we're not a good fit, try this other guy. I went to school with him. Mm-hmm. And you might like it. Um, it. But it is about, like, developing relationships and yeah. making sure, does this feel good? Because construction can be stressful. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have to, like, go through a, a process with a client and they get worn out by the end. And yeah. we don't want them to have to see how the sausage is made. So we say, like... We'll take care of all this and let you know when we have a question for you to answer. When you get into these high-end projects, do people get, like, pushy and, and I mean, are they very, like, particular? Or, you, or have you all kind of done a good job of just saying, like, hey, stay away, let us do it? Yeah, I like, mean. it's going to be a process. It's going to take time. I feel like I'm an excellent filter for whether or not somebody's personality mm. is going to work with how we work. Yeah. Um, I think that once budget becomes an issue, that's when people kind of get stressed out and want to like insert themselves yeah. and try and help make decisions. And I think once they go that route, it can be really stressful for mm-hmm. everyone. And so as long as they just trust that we have their best intention, it's not about like putting gold plated everything. It's really just what they told us they want out of a yard and how we can achieve what they want. Yeah. Because there are just some constraints. Like if there's a huge amount of slope, there's only so, oh, there's much, so much we can do. Get. Yeah. We didn't buy the property, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it amazes me what 
the kind of slopes and hills that people put houses on. I'm like, why? Why would you, you can't even enjoy your yard? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can. You can build things, put place, put things in place, but not. I mean, I, when, my dream lot is like as flat as this table right here. I mean, I want it as flat as I can get it. It does make for fewer constraints. However, yeah. if you don't have any constraints, you don't really know what to do and where to start. Yeah. But, you know, we've got constraints like the building envelope. You can't build decks past a certain amount of feet from the front and the back and the sides. Um, we've got impervious coverage, which tells us we can't do concrete or decks, you know, beyond a certain percentage of the site. And those help us make these decisions. The biggest one is functionally, programmatically, what are we going to do there? What do we want the client to do yeah. there? And so all of those together make decisions. Otherwise, yeah. it's just endless. Yeah, you would just go on forever. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Let's circle back to creativity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hold you too much longer. Um, I mean, I could keep talking. Forever, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> the the creativity side, like I said, it, it really intrigues me. It's mm-hmm. I, I'm not just naturally creative person. There's a lot of people in our industry that have that are running their businesses. They're trying to use their social media to market to their customers. Well, you have to be creative to do that. Right. If you want to do it right and effective. If you want to be effective, you have to be creative. You have to find your target customer. You know who you're looking for. Um, all the things that are involved there. You said you wrote a blog back mm-hmm. in the beginning. You were running socials. Do you still run your social media stuff? I or do, you have- do. My office managers help me with that. Occasionally I'll post. It's yeah. just not good for me emotionally to be on social media, so yeah. I try and have other people do it for me. Yeah. But I'll send photos to mm-hmm. my office manager and, like, a caption, and then they make it funny or whatever they're yeah. going to do. Um, so I try and give a lot of trust to whoever is contributing Mm. um but like blog post i'll still write um because i enjoy it um but yeah creativity that is all fun for me and nourishing for me and so i will do those aspects but i really want it to be authentic i don't want it to be like i don't know sometimes i get overwhelmed by the insincerity of some of these posts that i see on social media or just advertising because we've never paid for advertising We've only done tours, home tours, and just anything that might pop up on Instagram Mm -hmm. uh, or Facebook. So what is some advice that you would give? We talked about growing your creative side. Some advice you would give to somebody who's wanting to, maybe they are a design build contractor or they're maybe just, they're just mowing lawns, they're just striping and like, but they wanted to create a good product to sell a customer. So when a customer clicks on this page, they say, wow, look at this, let's use them. What are some ways that you would say how to grow your creativity and like get across to the, to the potential customer of, hey, you need to use us? I mean, I think it's knowing strengths. And so if someone knows that that is not something they can visualize, they should work with someone who can visualize mm-hmm. it. And then they can kind of learn from those interactions about what might work. Otherwise, you're going to end up with, like, foundation plantings and grass as a Mm catch-all. And I think that's what most people see, and so that's what they're replicating. But if they maybe go travel, so that's what we do a lot is we'll travel and take photos of things that are inspiring and then maybe use that in our design. Mm -hmm. And, you know, following other designers that they find inspiring, and do you have do you have like a list of a of couple people you would say you definitely need to go follow this person on Instagram or something? I mean, it depends. You of course. Me, <laughs> open Envelope Studio. Um, I think that there are some people that work in a different scale. Mm-hmm. That that's what I'm trying to learn. If it, they work on a larger scale, exactly. Yeah, you want to work up to them. Yeah. So like Ten Eyck in Austin, okay. they're incredible. Everybody you, you knows. Know you them. spell that. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. I know. Yeah. 
I'll look it up later. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I probably could. But um, who else? I, th- I think I would have to have it in front of me. Yeah, that's fine. I was just curious. I didn't know. There's a bunch of – because I love following people that I don't – like, I don't do yeah. design build, but I love following people that do that because it is inspiring, and it's cool to see how they do stuff. Um, it's interesting to me. Do you know who Andy Mulder is? Mm-mm. I need to – well, I'll tell you that. We need to get you on his page. He just did a project that it would blow your mind. It, uh, they spent a whole year on the project. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I'd love to see um, it. Yeah, we did a podcast with him a while ago. And uh, anyway, well, that's that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Is there anything you want to leave anybody with? Um, I would say take plant classes. Learn about uh, plants. Okay. Observe plants. Know even what would work in different light conditions. And just kind of give yourself that basic education because if we're talking about the landscape industry, we're talking about plants. Yep. And just kind of knowing what plants make you happy mm-hmm. and what plants clients like, pulling that information out because they don't realize that they might have a plant hang up. And so it's really my job to say, like, here are some options. Do you like them? Oh, I don't like that one because it has this color. Or that reminds me of a plant at my grandma's house that I didn't mm-hmm. like. And just kind of getting that conversation going to make them more aware of plants. One question we try to ask all of our guests here. It's simple, but it can be complex. It's just, uh, what is your why? What is my what? Your why. Why I do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me happy. Mm. I like that's, doing that's good. things. They're that all, it's it's always a different answer. Yeah? So I love hearing it. Yeah. I, I need to do something that is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I can't do something that is just going to deplete yeah. and you know make me less of a human being when I get home. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It makes you. It sounds like you're you're building the family dream. I mean that you're you're getting to run a family business. Um, I get to make decisions. Yeah. And I need to make decisions to yeah. feel in control. What uh, enneagram are you? Do you know? What what? An enneagram. You know what the enneagram oh, is? I don't know which one I am. No. Uh-uh. I don't know what the decision maker is. I don't. I I'm not good at keeping up with it. My wife knows all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's there's there's like what seven I think it got so quiet in here. Really did. You hear that? Yeah. Why do you get so quiet? Is it like INTJ, like that is what you're asking? Or uh, I don't remember. <laughs> the, Enneagram, the Enneagram is like a, it's like a one, two, three, four. Like it's like, there's like up six of them or seven of them. Oh, someone recently told me about this. So no, oh, yeah. I haven't. Oh, you need to take it then. If okay. you, have, if you, it's, you take a test and it like tells you which one you are and you take it with your spouse. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very, if you like therapy and couple, like. I love therapy. Yeah, then it's cool. It would, it would open up a lot. But uh, anyway, so where can they find you on Instagram if they want to go follow you or social media, period? Um, our website is oes.design. Okay. So it's not a .com. It's a .design. That's pretty cool. Um, on uh, probably both Facebook and Instagram, it's at Open Envelope Studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're around. We're on things. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. Thanks and thanks for, for coming out me. to Synced. Uh, Synced. Uh, and Miss Angelique, the, the CEO of Sync, thanks for letting us sit up, set up and podcast here. Uh, it's been a great show so far. I think we're having a good rest of the day. So awesome. Thanks Appreciate for coming it. on. Absolutely. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, leave us a big five-star rating and review. Those always help us continue to grow so we can continue to grow the community one relationship at a time. But without any further ado, that is going to wrap this one up, and we look forward to catching up with everybody here on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Podcast. It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.